0: Welcome to Meet the Manufacturers podcast, brought to you by Manufacture CT and sponsored by Cone Resnick, who are dedicated to helping manufacturers and distributors to enhance their competitive position and succeed in high pressure trade environments. Visit them online at coneresnick.com. Meet the Manufacturers is available on all of the world's biggest podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Never miss an episode again and subscribe today, wherever you get your podcasts from. On every episode, we take the opportunity to learn more about a local manufacturing business.
1: On this episode of Meet the Manufacturers, I am excited to be speaking with Alison Carey and Ciara Green from Carey Manufacturing based in Cromwell, Connecticut. Alison Carey is the Director of Quality and External Relations and Ciara is the Business Development Manager. Carey Manufacturing manufactures an extensive catalogue of of top-of-the-line catches, latches, and handles for a wide variety of industries. Alison and Ciara, welcome to Meet the Manufacturers. I'm looking forward to finding out more. Thanks for having us. It's great to have you here. Okay, so let's start with you, Alison, if we may. You know, you've got Carey in your surname, in your last name, so it must mean you're important. You're the big (laughs) boss or one of the big bosses. Tell me a little bit about your company and the products that you make.
2: Well, thank you. So I'm not a big boss yet, but I am in training. Um, my other title is COO, child of owner. Um, so, <laughs> I love that. I'd love Ooh. to say that I came up with it, but it's a very fitting title. <laughs> I love that. So Kerry Manufacturing was established in 1981 and we're a fastener manufacturer as well as case hardware. So what that means is we make catches, latches little spacers and standoffs that you would find separating circuit boards, things like that. And then we also manufacture case hardware. So handles, hinges, locking mechanisms that go on things like medicine cabinets or sometimes coolers, um, a lot of different applications like that.
1: Gotcha. So I'm thinking heavy duty handles,
2: fasteners and latches. I, I'll tell you
1: what I'm thinking about it. I used to DJ, well I still do sometimes, I used to DJ in the UK and I had a lot of equipment cases, heavy duty roadie cases, and the handles and latches had to be bomb proof. Is that the sort of thing you make?
2: We make those. So we really do a wide variety. So we do heavy duty and we also do really light duty catches. So we have Mm -hmm. materials ranging from the heavy duty ones that you see that can handle band cases and things like that up to the really light duty ones that you see that latch medicine cabinet.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. So tell me a little bit then about your customer or end users of the products that you make. Who do you service?
3: We have a large, very large variety of customers from all around the world. Um, We do sell direct to a manufacturer and on the carry side, a lot of the times they are someone that are making some sort of case, anything that you really see a little latch on. And that could be a small medical case all the way up to a road case, um, like you saw. But we also do sell handles and there are a lot of handles out there. Even I was on a flight home one time and I looked up there, our handle was on an airplane.
1: (laughs) So Ah,
3: really selling to military, aerospace um, and, commercial as well. And then we have a lot of distributors that sell fastener distributors God. across the country as well.
1: Gotcha. So tell me about your career today. How did you end up in this role? You're the business development manager for Kerry. Where have you been and what have you done to get to this point in your career?
3: So this was actually my first role out of college. I went to Southern Connecticut State University and studied marketing there. And then was looking for a position um, in the marketing field and I really never considered a role in manufacturing before when I was out there looking and so it was really cool for me starting out to be at a company like this, especially because carry manufacturing really does have a strong foothold in the industry especially in the state and learning about the impact that it has job creations where we do have in addition to the reshoring manufacturing here we also have a lot of strong relationships with a lot of local schools and have a lot of say in workforce development efforts so it was just really awesome to see the impact on so many things that we use in a daily life and and getting the chance to get behind the scenes look and and then using my background in marketing to kind of i mean you're looking at a a spacer a, a latch and you're trying to make that exciting and turns out that what is exciting about it is the story behind manufacturing it, in my opinion
1: absolutely and that's something that we found certainly with this podcast is you know we started it quite a few years ago now meet the manufacturers we weren't sure where it was going to go it's been fascinating uncovering the stories of the wealth of manufacturers that we have here in connecticut we have such a a rich history of manufacturing and the stories that they tell it's not always just about the products that they create it's the stories behind them you're absolutely right Come on then, Allison. You're the COO, child of owner. I love that. I'm so going to steal that. Tell me, did you get this job by default or were you always going to work in manufacturing?
2: Actually, I had said up until I was about, I don't know, until basically I ended up here that I never wanted to work in manufacturing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was always adamant against it. I have a, also have a degree in marketing. I went to Babson College. And then after that, I actually went down the sales path. I worked in, and I'm dating myself a little bit, but I actually worked in yellow page ad sales for college phone books. Wowzers, <laughs> I,
1: I remember them, <laughs> which dates me as well. The yellow oh, pages, yeah. goodness me.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, and I did that up until 2009. So, you know, I was really at the tail end of that. And then I actually <laughs> moved to moved to New York City, and I was a corporate recruiter for a number of years after that. Once I decided I didn't want to do that anymore, while I was kind of taking time to figure out what I wanted to do, my parents said, oh, hey, make some money. Why don't you come work for us while you kind of figure out what your next step is? Well, I started in production planning and then moved into sales management role, and have now been here for nine years. Um, So I've worked as (laughs) sales manager, I run a production line, I do purchasing, I know the quality and now I'm in charge of the external, basically the image of the company, Sierra and I kind of are both responsible for that. So I sort of ended up here by accident, but I couldn't be happier to be here. It's such a wonderful place to work and the manufacturing environment is just so dynamic and there's such an interesting, something new and something different every day. Very much Um, so. It's something
1: I hear a lot of, particularly of like multi-generational manufacturing companies here in Connecticut. Your story I hear quite often, which is like, I absolutely wasn't going to work for the family business. Mm -hmm. But actually, I think sometimes it can be in your blood and you've been around it your whole life. It feels very comfortable. It's what you know, I guess. As one of the big bosses, one of the big bosses at the company, uh, tell me what your regular day looks like. What are your roles and responsibilities?
2: So for me, um, it's kind of all over the place. So I am responsible for the quality program here. So I oversee our quality management system. I deal with all of the compliance and regulatory things that we have going on. So we have our yearly, we're ISO 9001 certified. So annually, we have an audit for that so that way we can keep our status. So I work basically on making sure that we're following all the procedures and processes that we put in place. So that way that the business can run smoothly. It's not super exciting sounding, um, but it is really interesting because what it does do and what quality does kind of as a role, as a general department, is it, we really get a, an idea of how the entire business runs. So if you're talking to a production manager, they're going to know what the procedures, the regulations, the requirements are for their specific silo. But when you're working at the quality management, the whole system, you really get to see how everything kind of fits together and how different pieces work. So that's my big responsibility, kind of auditing the systems, making sure things are going on, and also continuously improving what we're currently doing. So we've got some current projects going on with the cost of material. For example, we've had supply chain issues with that and keeping, and basically how we're charging our customers accordingly. So we're doing a big push into how we're kind of costing everything. So that's a big project that we're taking on that I'm working with the people who are kind of spearheading that to make sure that things are running in accordance to how they're supposed to and how we're improving. Additionally, we're overhauling our in-process inspection program. So what do we need to do to make sure that we are doing things correctly in compliance with the regulations, but also in ways that are benefiting ourselves? So the whole point of quality is to be continuously improving what you are already doing so that way you can just get better and better gotcha that makes sense and we're going to touch on supply chain a little bit later on i'm
1: sure what about yourself Ciara? tell me a little bit about your regular day if there is such a thing and what is your role and responsibilities as business development manager
3: so i'm responsible for really all of the growth and development of all of our customers across the board through the creation of a strategic sales plan and so that means really taking any customer meeting, um, sitting down with our customers and being that person that actually goes outwards other than our great customer service team and makes the plan to hopefully grow business and make sure we have such a, a large line of products across Cary Manufacturing and amatom that sometimes it's hard if a customer buys one thing, maybe they don't even know that we make something on the other end. So a big part of my job is making sure that they do know. And then I also do all of our marketing efforts. So that spans from really creating all of our branding materials and any digital marketing efforts as well. And I also manage um, our website, com.
1: Great plug there. Well done. Good work there <laughs> in the marketing front. So uh, how many employees do you have at the company at the
2: moment, Alison? We have 48 in place. 48. Um, and you're 40... based in Cromwell, aren't you? We are based in Cromwell.
1: Uh, Tell me a little bit about the equipment or machinery that you use on site to manufacture your products.
2: So we have a variety of different types of machines here. Um, We do kind of, we have some CNC machines. I think we have about nine or ten of those. And in addition to that, we have a number of machines from Trump. So we have a fiber optic laser. We also have a combination punch laser machine. Additionally, we have some pneumatic benders to help us bend the metal. We also do have some pretty old school types of manufacturing that we do, too. We also have hand benders that we use to bend some of our handles. So we really run the gamut from super duper duper high tech stuff that's all fiber optic. And we have our own nitrogen generation system here to literally taking a piece of cut metal, putting it in a lever and just bending it. Um, So we really do all kinds of different ways of manufacturing here. So it's pretty neat.
1: You must have a pretty skilled workforce to be doing things by hand. You know, have some of your employees been with you for a long time?
2: Yes, we have. We have a number of employees that have been with us 25 plus years. Actually, um, the woman who's in charge of our assembly used to babysit me. No. Um, <laughs> Fantastic. So, yeah, she says I used to cry a lot. Well, it happens. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I was, I've been coming here since I was two weeks old. So, you know. <laughs> well-inducted into the world of manufacturing. Exactly, yeah. So we've had a number of employees who've been with us for a long time. We're actually just kind of hitting our first bout of uh, retirement. So we've had probably three or uh, four or five people, big people within the company that have been with us a long time retire in the last few years. So we've been working to to bring in new people And it's been working really well because we are able to hire people a few years in advance because we've had such a loyal workforce. They're giving us plenty of notice before they retire. So we have plenty of time to kind of build up the next generation of workers.
1: Yeah, succession management is, it can be really tough, but that's kind of great when you have a loyal workforce and know when they're they're going to be moving on, so to speak. Talking about recruitment, how have you found that? Because like one of the biggest challenges for manufacturers in Connecticut has been getting and retaining the very skilled workforce that you need here in Connecticut in particular.
2: What do you look for from a resume when it hits your desk? So we have a lot of different kind of ways that we do recruit. We actually work with a lot of different organizations across the state to help us. But in addition to that, we're pretty open and it really depends on the type of position, but we have no issue hiring people straight out of a technical school, or even somebody that just walks in, because we have the capability to train people. Ideally, you do want somebody with a bit of a technical background. Any Somebody who can, you know, is, has experience measuring parts or working on CNC is obviously always a plus. Uh, we do get a lot from the technical schools around, like as Nuntuck and um, Goodwin, all both have really great programs. But the big thing for us is really, the drive and the ability to to learn. You know, having the technical skills is good, but as long as you're capable of learning, that's the most important thing. And we get people from all over. One of our junior engineers here, we actually found him, our maintenance manager found him. He was working at Napa Auto Parts. They started having a conversation. He's an engineering student at CCSU. We needed somebody part-time. And now Victor has been working with us for like four or five years now. So it's, it's one of those things that when it comes to recruiting, it really is just we're very, very open-minded of getting it from many angles and with many different qualifications. Yeah. Do you have anything to add
3: to that, Sierra? I think I would say that a lot of people in the state of Connecticut, as you did mention, there is a bit of a workforce issue right now, but Carry Manufacturing has really been a leader in workforce development in the state. And because we work with so many great organizations and have had relationships that we started years and years ago when we noticed that there, this could be a potential issue in the future, having that really strong background has just made this very easy for us. So we actually don't really have a, a workforce issue, which is really great to say, and it's something that we are really proud of.
1: Absolutely. If you cultivate in advance your future of your workforce, it's going to make your life an awful lot easier for sure. Sarah, tell me a little bit about the management structure and the employee culture at Carry.
3: We are a really small business. So something that I really like about working here is that we are really close. And if you want to have a conversation or have a question with anyone, all doors are open. And you see very often throughout the day, people from the floor walking into the office and vice versa. And I think that we just have a really good atmosphere. The carries are a family. And so something that's cool that we also do here is we have picnics out in the summer. We have a garden in the back that's really beautiful. And we do a whole cookout and it just gives us an opportunity to have everyone get together and we try, I would say, once a month at least. There's pizza in the office or some sort of food and celebration to make sure that we're all working together as a team. And I think that is something that people really enjoy about working here and it makes you feel valued and also part of the family.
1: You know, it's really interesting as a Brit, as an immigrant to this country, it's, it's interesting how here in New England, pizza bribery can go a long, long way within companies, <laughs> I've I've heard the word pizza party mentioned way too many times in podcasts. I need to, need to speak to my boss about the old pizza situation. Let's see, who's best placed to answer this one? It's probably you again, Ciara. Can you tell me about your community relations? Do you get involved with local projects and things like that? Do you have any charitable work that you guys do in Cromwell and beyond?
3: One of the biggest things is that because we have these relationships with the local schools and hiring job sources. We do have our factory floor open at any time. So I wouldn't necessarily say it's a charitable thing, but if any student wants to come and visit or any school wants to come here, our doors are always open for anyone to come. And so in terms of being a community player, I think that we try to be as open as possible to getting ourselves involved in the community with the students and making sure that they know that we are involved. We also sit on the Bristol Technical Advisory, which is a group made by the Central Connecticut Chambers of Commerce, and we make sure that we're a part of the conversation there as well. Great stuff. Alison, question for you. So we are obviously
1: still kind of, hopefully towards the tail end of this pandemic. Tell me how it's affected your business in terms of supply chain. And have you seen a resurgence in Buy American at all?
2: So it has definitely affected our supply chain. Lead times have gone way, way up. Um, The cost of material is double to triple, at least what it was previously. So we have had that issue kind of come into play. It's been difficult to kind of counteract the extended lead times and things along those lines, but we have thankfully through a lot of planning and a lot of work here, we've been able to really mitigate the loss of that. We've been pretty much able to keep up with everybody else, and we haven't Lost any business. We've actually been growing this past year. And I do think part of that is with the supply chain issues coming from China. You know, for a long time, when we initially started to reshore, we got a lot of pushback because it was still just cheaper to get it from overseas, right? So we did lose some parts that we had been making, that we had historically had large orders on annually because we just could not keep up with the prices from overseas. So I think that, you know, not being able to physically get the parts from overseas has really helped us better establish all that reshoring effort. You know, I think we hear people all the time saying, yep, I can't get this, I'm coming to you guys, you guys have it in stock. It's fine that we have to maybe pay a little bit more, Mm -hmm. but it's absolutely worth it to get it on to get it as quickly as we can, so. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's something I keep
1: hearing particularly, Now, of course, we're going to have potentially even more issues with with the issues happening in Ukraine. So other than coronavirus, are you tackling any other exciting or new challenges just at the moment within the business?
2: Well, I mean, we did actually have a pretty big organizational change. Our former general manager, Paul Lavoy, has just been appointed to as the chief manufacturing officer for the state of Connecticut. Yes, he has. Um, I'm about to interview him, too. (laughs) He is, so um, Paul is absolutely wonderful. He actually is very close to the family. He's actually my uncle. He married my mom's sister. We are not above nepotism here. (laughs) 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 Um, But he was with us for five years and actually Paul officiated my wedding.
0: No um, way. Yeah,
2: Yeah. (laughs) so um, we're very close with Paul and he is greatly missed here, but we are so excited for everything that he's done for the state of, or he's going to do for the state of Connecticut in his new position. But yeah, so our kind of biggest overhaul here is we've had essentially our top management has kind of completely shifted with Mike Fitzpatrick is now taken over as general manager from from our engineering department. I'm now taking this kind of more of a face of the company role because as we all know, Paul is very, very out there in the community, so that's been passed on to me. Um, and then we've had other people, Jim Peck, that's worked in production, that are now kind of we're sort of running the company. We're the tier two underneath my parents that are the owners. So that's been a big shift recently, and we're still kind of working it all out. But so far, in the past, you know, what's it been? Two months. Everything's going great. <laughs> so, 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 far, so, <laughs> so far,
1: so good. So far, so
2: good.
1: So far, so good. Just a global pandemic and the loom of World War Three, but hey, you're going to, you're going to ace it, Alison. I can feel it. Yeah. No problem. Uh, no problem. <laughs> no problem. You're a dream team. A question for both of you, actually, we're going to start with you, Alison. Like, what are some of your biggest successes or the things that you are most proud of? And it could be personally, or it could be within the company.
2: I would say, quite frankly, the, the reshoring effort that we have put in, it's really been a monumental task. You know, we started out manufacturing everything here from the 80s up until the early 2000s. And we made the switch to go to China, not because we wanted to, but because we had to. It was probably about 50% of our product line that we outsourced. And we were still have always been manufacturing in the state. But in about probably 2012 was when my family kind of started to make the push of we've got a plan to start reshoring. And it took years. We got our first machine here after all these years of, you know, two or three years of planning. We got the first machine here to start manufacturing parts in 2015, and we totally changed how we were going to, how we manufactured. You know, we previously did progressive die stamping, Mm -hmm. and then we moved into this new type of manufacturing for these parts. So we had to basically re-engineer how we made every single part that was made in China. And it has taken years. And I'm very proud to say that we're probably about, I would say, 90% reshored at this point wow. um, and it's something that I'm very very proud of um, yeah. personally and, and it's because it's an incredible time and an incredible expense to do that yeah and it's such an investment in the future as well what about yourself
1: Ciara your uh, greatest successes or things that you're most proud of
3: I would say that my greatest success is knowing the whole product catalog <laughs> just kidding but it's <laughs> <30, laughs> 70,000 parts And I just, as I, said, I feel the need, <laughs> I want to test you
1: now 70,000. I feel like you should be on Ellen or something, show you like a little tiny part of one of your uh, products and you have to name it. we we'll see if we can get you on the show.
3: <laughs> yeah. Coming out of college and knowing that I'm marketing and selling this and looking at the, the entire catalog of everything here from the two different brands. It was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to know this. And now I'm having customer meetings and I can answer all of their questions and I did I realized three four years have gone by and I I did actually learn it all but the other thing on a more serious note is the opportunity to grow here has been a really great success for me starting out with working under Paul LaVoy he really worked with me and helped give me any opportunity that I needed to learn something and that has been a really Big blessing, along with the entire company and everyone on management as well, who have been supportive of that and now have continued to be supportive moving um, on. I would say, as a company, then this being my first job in my career, and I would say that this has been amazing, and the in terms of the ability of growth that I've I've been able to have.
1: And I think sometimes you get that that steep learning curve is. I don't know. Maybe it's wrong, but I think you have a richer experience sometimes with a smaller company than you do with a big corporate company, because you really do get to touch so many different departments and learn so much. So that's fantastic to hear. Last couple of questions then. Alison, for you, I'd like you to give me your predictions. I want you to look into the deepest, darkest future without the use of alcohol. And I'd like you to tell me, what do you think? What are your predictions about the future of manufacturing and doing business in the state of Connecticut?
2: So as far as the future of manufacturing in the state, I mean, I see nothing but endless possibilities. We are growing. We are looking to grow in any way we can. But in addition to that, the state itself is offering so many opportunities for manufacturers. There's the Industry 4.0 that's being worked on to help with you know, making technology more accessible to small and medium manufacturers. There's all of these different chambers of commerce's and manufacturer CT and CCAT and all of these different organizations around the state that are working and actively working to help make small manufacturing better and to increase job opportunities within the state. I cannot speak highly enough of these organizations and what they've done for us and Really, all I can see is nothing but better things for manufacturing in the state, just based off of the sheer effort that the state itself is willing to put into small manufacturing. Really backing you all the way, fantastic. Uh, This might be a
1: question to end on with you, Ciara. If people want to carry on the conversation, they want to find out more about the company and your 70,000 products and to pass the test like your good self, how can they find out more about you? Is there a website, social media? How are people best to reach you or to connect?
3: You can find us on LinkedIn and Facebook at Carrie Manufacturing. Also, we have a brand new website. So if anyone wants to go check that out, that's www.carycarymfg.com. Amazing. Ladies,
1: it's been such a privilege to speak to you today. I've really enjoyed finding out more about Kerry Manufacturing and also about you guys as well as the, uh, the first jobber who has had to learn 70,000 different product lines and also the COO, the child of the owner. I love that. I wish I'd had that in previous podcasts. I've interviewed so many multi-generational businesses. I really am going to keep that one in my back pocket. Uh, It's been a privilege, guys. Thank you so much for your time today and being a part of Meet the Manufacturers for Manufacture CT. Thank you for having us.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Meet the Manufacturers, brought to you by Manufacture CT. If you would like to find out more about Manufacture CT, or you would like to join the organization, visit the website, manufacturect.org. This podcast is sponsored by Cone Resnick, advisory, assurance, tax. Visit their website, coneresnick.com. If you have enjoyed listening to this episode and want to find out more about the vibrant and thriving manufacturing community in Connecticut, subscribe to and share this podcast today. Meet the Manufacturers is available on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify.